0: is a passage of scripture that a lot of us have heard many times over, maybe memorized, Um, but we've, this is our sixth week of looking at this song, and uh, as we wrap up, we come to a close. Um, Actually, these are not my sheep up here on the stage. Uh, Good Shepherd is doing a vacation Bible school, so just in case, I don't want you to be disappointed when I don't start throwing him into the crowd or something. Um, If you can, as I... Read. There we go. Excellent. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. Okay. So from the King James The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now this song, this poetic song is written by David. Uh, David, who had been a shepherd, David was the great grandson of Ruth and Boaz in the genealogy of Jesus. David um, had become king, uh, but that was after he was first the youngest of eight brothers, and in a family where keeping sheep was one way that they paid the bills, and as the youngest brother, probably got the brunt of the chores and probably spent the longest number of years taking care of sheep, not just for kicks or for a 4-H competition, but to pay the family's bills. And so he learned what it was to take care of sheep. Uh, He was very familiar with it. And as we've been going through this series, we've been talking about some of the things that people who were living in an agricultural society would have known, would have been common knowledge so that they would have recognized in this song that we might not recognized today. And um, if you want to hear uh, past exciting episodes, they're available on cbcbaltimore.com or on iTunes. So David has had to take care of sheep to help pay the family bills. And so he's very familiar with this, but he doesn't write this song as a teenager uh, who has not yet lived much life and has just has uh, melancholy, right? A common teenager, melancholy. No, this is David writing older, uh, later on in his life. In fact, after he has gone through uh, a variety of transitions and a lot, if we examine the story, a lot of uncertainty, especially if you don't believe that God is real. David's gone through a ton of uncertainty. His former boss trying to kill him, People falsely accusing him. His brothers being jealous of him. He's in set in as king. He's so in love with God that he's described as one after God's heart. And then the, the wear and tear of life and expectations and work. He kind of falls out of love with God, if you will. Falls deeper and deeper in, into his human nature, into sin and selfishness. suffers deep consequences for his love of self over his love of God. He repents, he comes back to faith in God, and now his son, Absalom, has risen up against him and put himself in a place to be considered to be king and rallied some military leaders around him and has chased David out of the kingdom. It's a civil war and David is on the run uh, for his own life, been betrayed by his family. And here again, as he's hiding out with great uncertainty, he writes this song. This beautiful song of the satisfied customer, this song of the, it is well with my soul, this song of... No matter how it looks, looking back on my life, no matter how bad it ever seemed to be, it has turned out alright because God is in control. This song of satisfaction with God's care, this song of taking on the perspective of a sheep who is following the Good Shepherd. And so it's relevant to us today because now we know Jesus as our good shepherd. And we should be ever following Him and putting ourselves in His care. So let's read it from the New Living. The Lord is my shepherd. And and the Lord word here, by the way, David uses the Yahweh, proper name of God that God used to describe Himself in Exodus 3 when God came down and spoke His name and described Himself. And that Yahweh is a breath, is a spirit, but it is a proper name that means creator and redeemer. So David is saying, Yahweh, the one who created the universe, the sun, moon, stars, the earth, who carved the peak of the mountains and the depths of the valley, in fact, the depths of the ocean. Yahweh, my creator, Yahweh, the one who owns me, is also Yahweh the God who redeems me. Yahweh the God who sets me back up, who heals me, who restores me when I have made the worst of life mistakes. Yahweh is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He's running for His life. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. This song, talking about a state of being, I am at rest in His care, is really a cause and effect kind of poem. Bear with me for a second. He talks at the beginning and the end about the cause and throughout the song he talks about the effect. Now what is the cause? His relationship with God and the effect is all that he sings about in the middle. Are you following what I'm saying? It's cause and effect. God is my shepherd. I'm following him he's my owner he's my manager he's my creator he's the one that leads me on he's the one that I'm giving my life to he's the one that owns my life to begin with God my shepherd and the effect is that he can say I have all that I need and now as we come to the last verse the last bit of singing this surely goodness and mercy will follow me, is He's returning to this cause and effect. The fact of the matter is, you can come here on Sunday nights, you can come to my home or some of the other homes for small groups, you can hear about the effect of a relationship with God and feel better. But that is not the same as you having a relationship with God. I can go with Mariah, who is an equipment manager for the football team at Poly, and go watch a game at Poly, and observe the football that is being played. It does not make me a player. (laughs) I can observe somebody else's relationship with God and I can benefit from it. I can learn from it, sure. But it does not ensure my place in heaven. It does not ensure the effect of heaven in my life here on earth. I can still be living in hell on earth. Surrender is where we start a relationship with God. And then receiving His grace every day, learning about what the truth of the gospel means, and applying that to my life is how heaven invades this earth. Are you with me? It's cause and effect cause and effect and what I've been trying to do as we walk through these six past verses is to constantly bring us back to this is about your personal relationship with God and what we have in this beautiful memorable song quoted in everything from funerals to action movies in this beautiful song what we have is a crystal clear description of the impact of a long-term relationship with God on your life Am I making any sense? Now, Shirley, it's not a woman's name. This is a different Shirley. This is faux show. It's going to happen. Take it to the bank. The deal is still on. It is a, there are not conditions. It is not maybe. It is not a, I think it might could. I never understood that growing up in the Pacific Northwest and people said, might could. What? What's that mean? (laughs) It might could. This is not a maybe. This is a faux show. It's a done deal. God's got this. In the cause and effect of His personal relationship with God. Surely, we need some certainty in our spirits. And I don't know if you've been picking up on this, but this series and the last series, this is what I've been kind of trying to get to and work at. We need some faux show. We need some certainty. We need some stability. We need some this is what I believe in our gut. Are you with me? Let just real quick. What's anxiety? Stress. So one reason why I dove into this, because all of us have a life of pressure and expectations and stuff going on, and and this year in particular, a lot of people in our church have gone through some of life's most difficult challenges. We've been challenged, stretched, pressed in, but not crushed. Anxiety, stress, in part, is... Because under every behavior you have, you exhibit, there is a belief. So on the screen what you see, if I'm anxious or stressed, somewhere mixed in there is a belief that what I value most is uncertain. If you have life-altering, life everyday impacting, anxiety, and stress, somewhere mixed in there, you are uncertain about the most important stuff in your life. Now, we can put too much value on the wrong stuff, right? And I'm a parent of two kids, and purposely I don't tell a lot of stories about my kids because I grew up as a preacher's kid, and people say weird stuff to kids when their parents tell stories about them. But let me just tell you, with kids in general... If a toy breaks, or if they don't get the same thing that somebody else gets, stress can become real. <laughs> Are you with me? And it can often be a toy that is easily replaced, that is being manufactured by the million cajillion, right? And it's easily replaced. Their anxiety and their stress is because their value is not on the right thing. What is growing up? Growing up is when our values start to shift to the right things. What's the difference between a teenage romance and a healthy marriage. Well, in teenage romance, a teenagers can't keep their hands off each other, can't kiss each other like crazy, and, and they, they can't understand why they can't kiss. Like, you can't be kissing in the school hallway. <laughs> Did he just say that? In a healthy marriage, if my wife isn't feeling good, I'm patient about the kiss. Because growing up is when I realize that the kiss is supposed to be an expression of love. And if he's not, if she's not, if she's not feeling it, then my forcing it is not love. Is this making any sense? Maturing and growing up when my values start to get on the right things. I've got. To, if I've got life-altering anxiety and stress, it's time to sit down and talk about it. It's time to unpack. It's time to write some stuff down. It's time to ask some questions. Examine your life. It's time... Now, listen, I'm not saying that it's easy. I experience anxiety and stress. And I'm not saying that a moment is makes you less of a person. No, if anything, in America, we've got to grow up in our conversation about mental health. And that's a subject for another day. We, we can't think that if I have a negative emotion, I'm less of a person. That's wrong. But when anxiety and stress is becoming life-controlling, it's time to have a timeout, sit down, and break some stuff down, and identify, drill down, find out what, what's going on. And what I find to be incredibly helpful is to go back to zero, go back to square one, and start to write down my questions and then my beliefs. Because if if my belief is, for sure, His mercy, His goodness, His unfailing love will follow me, then when this thing happens and that thing happens, I don't feel the stress as much. Does that make sense? See, Rebecca and I, uh, this month, will celebrate 19 years of marriage. Uh, 19 years of marriage, we love each other. You know, in 19 years of marriage, we, we have never split up. We have never filed for divorce. We've never, we, have, we have a good, strong, healthy marriage. Neither of us are perfect. We've made mistakes. We've frustrated each other. We've gone through months of of time where we were not treating the other one right and it took us a while to figure it out, we are far from perfect. But we have learned in these 19 years how to love each other. And what does not happen to me now is that if she says that she's got a cold or her back is hurting or whatever. And she no, I'm not available for a kiss right now. I don't freak out. Because underneath I have a belief that I love her and that she loves me. And that because she has a cold, it's not masking something where she's going to leave. And I think that sometimes it's easy for us to put a lack of trust in humans onto our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Are you with me? He is not human. Which is why David writes, Surely... Your goodness and unfailing love will follow me. And the phrase he uses in his language is, every day of my life from birth to death. And the other word that's really important here, pursue. He uses a word that means, it it has the picture of, it's going to track me down, find me, chase me until it overwhelms me. Like the office linebacker. <laughs> That's what the song says. For so show, God's love, His unfailing love, will pursue me. And I will live in His house forever. Now, we're cause and effect again, right? He's coming back. He's coming back to why it's true. It's true because it is a part of God's essential nature. It's true because God has chosen to pursue him. But it is also true because David is choosing to live in constant relationship with. You following what I'm saying? Constant relationship. It's true because he's choosing to not leave. Earlier this year, we were talking about enjoying God. God is to be enjoyed. Life is meant for you to feel real joy. Happiness, peace, joy. Not human emotions that fade, but prevailing, controlling, strong, a part of you kind of stuff. And what I find is that we get too easily satisfied on cheap substitutes. So let me give you an example. So when I was a teenager, I was not following Jesus. And I was sneaking out of my parents' house an average of four nights a week for a couple of years. I was sneaking out of their house. And I got to tell you, I'm I'm actually embarrassed to say it really had nothing to do with them my parents are wonderful. They really are. Now, they had boundaries. They had guidelines. Some would call them strict. Now I've met a lot of people. My parents were definitely not as strict as some. Actually, not as strict as Rebecca's parents. Um, There were guidelines, sure, but they weren't hateful. They weren't hateful people. They didn't deny me the basic pleasures of life. They didn't abuse me. They didn't, I had a good life, but I wasn't satisfied in my father's house. I was sneaking out four nights a week, want to taste the world, want to see what's going on, trying all kind of mess, because I wasn't satisfied in my father's house. I was looking for people who would accept me for me. I was looking for people who loved me and people who cared about me, people who were exciting, people that had stuff to talk about, people who appreciated you know the good stuff in life and music. Guess what? My parents met all those criteria. But I wasn't satisfied in my parents' house. No, I got to go. It's David saying here, in this song, I'm satisfied. He's saying, I have no desire to go anywhere else. Now, this may be the blessing of being a little bit up in years. Having tried some stuff. Now, I'm a young 41, right? You don't have to answer that. (laughs) But I have had my nose broken in life a few times. And I have tried some stuff. And I wish I hadn't. I wish I hadn't hurt myself. I wish I hadn't hurt others in that pursuit. But what I found for me is that God is all I need. Jesus is the answer. That there is nothing else that satisfies. That I was a fool to not be satisfied in my Father's house. His goodness. His unfailing love pursuing me every day. And from the day when I was 16 to this, when I turned around, when I realized that I was whooking and P'nub in all the wrong places. Some of you remember that yeah. Eddie Murphy Buckwheat commercial. When I realized I was dissatisfied for the wrong reasons and looking for love in all the wrong places, and I turned around and I said, okay, God, if you're not real, life's not worth living. You must be real. I give you a chance. From that day to this, I've talked to Him every day. I've listened to Him every day. Am I perfect? Oh, heck no. No. But I have found that He is good. And His goodness and His unfailing love have followed me every day of my life. They were there when I was off on my own. And they are there today. God is not exclusive. He is inclusive. God is full of love. Love that does not fail. That's who He is. Now let's look back over the psalm and let's ask a couple real quick questions as we close. What are... Maybe from Psalm 23, some signs that I am at rest in his care. Anyone? Peace. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Anyone else? Contentment. I'm satisfied do I have a desire to go somewhere else? Anyone else? What are signs that I'm at rest in His care? Obedience, Obedience yes, right? The first and the last verse, He is my shepherd, that's who I'm following. Absolutely. Anyone else? A lack of yeah, a lack of anxiety. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Femi? Encouragement. Encouragement, yes, exactly right. Trust. Yeah. Trust. Any others? Blessings. Blessings. Yeah. Chasing you down. Now, what would signs be if we flip the script? What would signs be that I'm outside of His care? I'm sorry. Fear. Fear. Anxiety. Anxiety. Fear and anxiety. Sorry, panic. panic. Yeah. Uh huh. Guilt. Guilt. Yeah. Mhm. Anger. Anger. Yes, absolutely. Frustration. Frustration. Yeah. Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Yes, a feeling that I'm right. I'm overwhelmed, which can also be um, I'm alone in this. Right. I'm alone in this. Anyone ever felt that way? I have. We're not alone. What does He say? For you are with Me. Right? Now, two more. What do you see from the song? What's God's responsibility? What does He say that God is doing? What, what's God doing? What's, what's His responsibility in this relationship? Right? Taking care of us. Yeah. Yeah. In a very real sense. Huh? Lead us. Exactly. I'm following Him. He's leading me. He's protecting me. That's on God. Right? So if I'm fearful that I'm not going to know where to go, I'm not going to be protected, I'm questioning if God's on duty. Are you with me? Because whose job is that? What else? What what what's his responsibility that we see in the song? He leads me, guides me, protects me, takes care of me. Sorry? Comforts. Yes, he comforts me. Restores? Watching over us. Yeah. If that's God's responsibility from the song, I should come away with more than just a yay, though I walk. Right? I should come away with a little bit, some depth, some meaning, some like, God's got this. I love that phrase. I know some of you prefer when I use proper English, but. God's got this. You know, the truth of the matter is it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if you try to live alone in your bedroom, doing nothing, making yourself happy, or if you really put yourself out there into crazy adventures in life. Either way, life's gonna come at you fast, and at some point you're gonna feel overwhelmed and you're gonna feel crushed and, and stressed and anxious. It doesn't matter, it's gonna come. The difference is what's on the inside of you, what do you believe, what's a functional truth for you? Not your friends, not somebody else, not me. What's a functional truth for you? If what's on the inside of you is a, God's got this. Then that should change how you feel and think when the winds start to blow. Right? Does he have this? Does he? He said, let there be light And there was light, and not a light bulb. (laughs) The sun, and boom, the big bang happened. He said, Let there be light, and there was light. He designed the hummingbirds, He designed you. He loves you. God's got this. Now, what's my responsibility? To listen. to listen to Him? Yeah, we can't follow Him. He can't be our shepherd if we're not listening. Obey. Obey. Learn. 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 Yeah. Trust. Learn. Pay right, attention on Him. Setting our attention on Him. Love Him. Have faith. faith. So can you see now what we see from this beautiful song? What His responsibility is and what your responsibility is? Now, I hope, and a lot of times I will err on the side of our responsibility because I want to make sure that when you leave here, you've got something to do. That this is a meaningful experience for you. But I pray... That you read this song over and over, that you think about it, that you memorize it afresh, that you write it out in your own hand, that you ask questions about it, that you are processing it, that you're digesting it, that you are, are chewing on it, that it is better than a $200 meal to you, like you are sitting down cutting it slow, chewing on it slow, tasting it slow, that you're digesting this song and what it means and letting it come like waves over you, over and over over and over, that you are not alone, that God is with you, that God is the one who can lead you, restore you, refresh you, strengthen you, that whatever you are facing in your life, God is not surprised, God's got this, you can be sure, at rest in His care. Doesn't that sound good? I want to tell you something. I'm trying to improve as your pastor. And one area that I'm trying to improve on is making sure that every interaction you have with this church is a little bit better at helping you find this. We need this. Amen? God's got this. Faux show. I'm glad that some of you appreciate my sense of humor. No judgment on anyone else. There's yeah. Seriously. I was never the cool kid, so I'm 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 good with it. Listen, we've got wonderful food that we brought. There's enough for everybody. Please don't take off. Here's what I want to do: I want to pray for you and bless the food so you can just get it and eat. Does that sound good? All right. And if you are uh, interested in the Church Fantasy Football League, we're going to do our draft party a week from today. (laughs) A week from today at noon. All right, let's pray. God, I thank you so very much that you have this. That there is a reasonable response for us to believe that you're in control. I thank you that it's not... A leap of faith, really but that you are fully in control, that you've proven it to us over and over and over again, that you do lead us, that you do refresh us, that you do strengthen us. Help us, Lord. All of us in this room need help with stress, with anxiety, with the times when we find ourselves not believing that you've got it under control. Help us, Lord, to rely on you, to trust you, to not treat you like a human, but to believe that you, your unfailing love will pursue us every day of our life. I thank you for it. Thank you for this space where we can enjoy your presence. Thank you for the food that's been provided. Bless it to our bodies. Bless our time together. Strengthen us, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Grace and peace to you this week. Let's enjoy the food that's downstairs.